You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Hey everybody, it's another flawed and decisive podcast. Uh, this is the premium Cinema Geekly podcast where we decide the greatest film in the career of a director or an actor or the greatest film in a franchise. And today we are tackling Mr. Quentin Tarantino. And luckily this man has eight films that he has directed that are direct that are actual director's credits. He, Believe it or not, he has uh, like a guest director credit on like Sin City and shit like that where he didn't actually direct the movie he directed like a scene or some bullshit like that um so I am joined with Aaron how you doing hello sir and Mr. Glenn Beauvoir how are you doing sir I'm good you I am uh, it's a it's been a hectic day it's uh the eldest birthday today uh so yeah she's uh, on the she's congratulations. on the oh yeah, more than you know. Next year, she is a teenager. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, so we are fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> you're kind of that way from the get-go, kids. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's inevitable. It will happen eventually. Especially daughters. There's just a countdown. You have 14 <laughs> years to get ready. The uh, So these Tarantino movies, I, I was shocked. I thought maybe he had more than eight films that he has directed, but no, it is literally eight. He, I mean, he's going to have nine here. He's doing, what, The Hateful Eight? I think mm-hmm. it's the uh, the next one that is due to come out here. Um, but that is it. He has eight. Uh, so let us dig in right away. Now, is that a Netflix-only one, like what Adam Sandler's doing with his Western or whatever? <laughs> no, I hope not. Oh, okay. This is an actual movie movie. His one is The Unemployable Nine or whatever, right? <laughs> yes, it is with like Rob Schneider and uh, David, David Spade. No, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we see these like the NCAA uh, tournament. Everybody should be fucking familiar with that. The stories about it all over the place today, because apparently some sort of Michigan team is playing in the final four today. Go green, son. Yes. Go college amateur team. Go sports. Go sports. Uh, so we seed them, uh, numbers one through eight, and then we put the highest against the lowest and so on and so forth. Let us begin with the number one seed for Quentin Tarantino, 1994's Pulp Fiction, which has an 8.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it is uh, it is battling the uh, the number eight film, the uh, the uh, the one I think few the fewest of us have. I don't know. Maybe you guys have all seen it. I haven't seen it. Death Proof from 2007. With a, a 7.1 out of 10. Glenn, we begin with you on the, the Pulp V death. Huh. Um, I mean, I don't like Pulp Fiction. That being said, I do like it more than Death Proof. I don't like Pulp seen... Fiction like at all? I, I don't like it. He, it makes no sense to him. 
I just, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just I I don't see what's so appealing about it. It's do, it's like Boondock I, Saints. I don't I don't see what everyone else sees. Yeah, I don't see that either. But I did like Pulp Fiction, even though I have a a, a strong loathing for John Travolta. Uh, I managed to put it aside for this film. Um, well, how strong are we talking here? I mean, pretty strong. Like I really don't watch anything that he's close to being in. So sometimes if sometimes if he's considered for a role, I might not even watch the movie, even if he's not cast. Have you ever seen anything with Tom Cruise? Because he might have been in Tom Cruise. <laughs> he may have been. He may have been in a lot of people, actually, good for uh, him. Al- allegedly. Uh, and of course, good for him. Uh, Glenn, continue. Dude, sorry, oh, speaking announced. of which, I watched that Going Clear documentary. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, w- I want to watch that. And then we Glenn, you should also find uh find this so we can do a side b talking about oh, please can we please talk about this film uh, about going clear because i i would i would what is talk it? About it it is a hbo's documentary about scientology <gasps> yeah and it uh apparently it's quite good and rips it to shreds okay well i mean i'm it probably is on hbo demand so yeah mo- most likely it is absolutely but but then again i mean you know if they tried introducing christianity the, the same time he tried introducing scientology you know what i mean uh, can I just watch The Master me. since it's like the same thing? <laughs> um, Glenn, did you make a pick here in this first? Oh yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll pit Pulp Fiction, uh, uh, but it's I, I don't I hope it doesn't last long. Uh, Aaron, have you seen Death Proof? Of course. Okay, I have not, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you on this first battle here: Pulp Fiction versus Death Proof. Death Proof uh, stars Kurt Russell, sir. So I'm moving with with Death Proof. Russell against Travolta. That there's just there's no competition. Just because of the Russell, huh? I, yes, I, I've never. His, his hair is, is near perfect in uh, in that film. Like essentially, what he is is uh, he's a former stunt car driver whose uh, Winchester mobile, quote unquote, is, is all tricked out. He's got five point harnesses, all that stuff uh, in it. Uh, however, uh, it's only on the driver's side. He is a very good looking older gentleman who talks young ladies into his passenger side of his car, just guns it to like a thousand, and then just slams on the brakes as they go flying out, and he survives. And he just does this. Would Would this be the movie with the machine gun leg lady, or was that the other that's, half? That's the, that's the other half of, of okay. this film. Okay. Both together make Grindhouse. I see. Yes, with all the fake trailers that spawned a real movie. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Machete and Machete Kills, and now Machete Kills in Space. Machete. Wait, no, that's bullshit. That's a real thing? That is a real thing. That is going to be a real thing. That's fucking awesome. I've never watched Machete Kills, but I'm going to have to now in order to catch up with the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Aaron. I've never seen Death Proof, and I have seen Oh, you should. Fiction. It's worth it. And, it's, it's definitely worth it. Well, it's the only it's the only Tarantino movie I have not seen. Uh, How is that the one you choose to leave out? And not Four Rooms. I uh, I don't what Four Rooms as far as like uh, movies he uh, directed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I think it didn't have the scores like the number of votes. Well, Four Rooms is also one of those multiple director things, which I think What's is it? yeah. Oh, I thought that was because like him. Robert Rodriguez, I think, does a scene like they each have the they each do one of the stories to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does have multiple directors. Yeah, it's one of those dumb things. Five bucks. Uh, wh- whichever one had uh, who who directed the one that had Harvey Keitel in it. I, uh, I can tell you. I'm telling you, it's Tarantino. It's got to be. Which tar- yeah, it's going to be. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, right? Because he's in everything. Um, yeah, I've I've got to go with Pulp Fiction just because I have seen it, and unlike Glenn. I like Pulp Fiction, I, and not because of Travolta. It's a hundred percent Sam Jackson. 
he a million percent makes that movie for me. Um, he needs it should have just fucking been him that whole time. It would have been amazing. Uh, but no, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, I'm going with the Pulp Fictions. That's bullshit, sir. Kurt I'm Russell. sorry. I'm sorry. I, I look and I like Kurt Russell, too. He was in Stargate. He was. <laughs> uh, and how about he's Snake fucking Pliskin? Oh, of course. The uh, the greatest movie name of all time. And in and 7 that I forget, just he, he escaped from places. Captain uh, Ron. Uh, let's let, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I do apologize. And, and I will get to, I will get around to seeing death proof at some point. Um, the, the next, what, what should we go? Let's go all the way down to the bottom. The number two seed Django unchained Glenn from 2012 with an 8.5 out of 10 taking on Jackie Brown from 1997 with a 7.5. Oh, wow. Um, normally this is where I would go first, I guess. Cause I didn't really get to go. Well, I did, I did get to go last time. I finished the roundup. Let's start with Aaron, uh, and we'll do that, because oh, this is a tough shit, choice for me. Because oh. Jackie uh, Brown was really good. Jackie Brown was so good, but I, I think just Django is just a bit stronger. It, it, it's a stronger film because like the parts that are low don't go quite like to a screeching halt like what they do in Jackie Brown a bit, and just for that alone, i got to go with Django and Jane, but Jackie Brown is an excellent movie. Uh, Glenn? I mean, that's Robert De- or, uh, Robert De Niro gets done nailing uh, Bridget Fonda, and he's just, yeah, that hit the spot. Like, that's just how he describes just banging this chick. It's amazing. Wow. Sam Jackson's hair was phenomenal. Pam Greer looked great. I mean, it was a very, very cool kind of hip movie. But uh, Django Unchained was just fucking next level. Uh, Glenn, I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say Django Unchained, but I'm going to use all of the reasons why later. Okay. Which uh, Aaron heard them, but it's been about a year since he's heard those reasons. I would have, I probably would have ultimately settled on Django as well. Uh, Jackie Brown is the most recent Tarantino movie I watched. It took me like three or four years of it being on my Netflix queue to finally sit down and watch it. But I did, and I regretted not watching it earlier because it was really cool. It's basically exactly how you explained it, Aaron. It's a really cool, laid back movie that when it, it does have kind of its low points, though. Yeah. Um, and its high points are high, but the low points are, yeah, it, des- it definitely hits like a lull or two, which Django never does. Um, that movie, like, had my eyes constantly glued to it, paying attention the whole goddamn time. Just a really great movie. It's, 22, it's, it's 20 minutes too long, but I still love it. I disagree. I, I think, if anything, it is 20 minutes too short, Glenn. <laughs> we should get more. We should get more white people killing in this movie. I just want them to do a prequel of just like, you know, the say three years before the movie up until the point, you know, where Django meets DiCaprio. And it's just it just focuses on Sam Jackson and DiCaprio. Yes. I just want to see these two on hijinks together. <laughs> that would be great. Yes. And more blood splattering on cotton fields. Oh, please. That was gorgeous. And Don Johnson. <laughs> and Don Johnson, of course. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move back up to the top of the brackets here. The number three seed, Reservoir Dogs from 1992 with an 8.4 out of 10, taking on the number six seed, Kill Bill Volume 2 from 2004 with an 8.0. By the way, you know this is a, a great tournament. God, when, damn, dude, these are some high-ranking motherfuckers. Yeah, the number six seed is an 8. <laughs> I thought Johnny Depp's movies were a little bullshit high, but all these rankings seem legit so far with these. I'm going to kick it off. Um, 
because this this one is actually not as hard of it. I love Kill Bill. I love volumes one and two, but if we're splitting them up, because I think they're great as a combination. If you if you watch them back to back, which I, I I've been told Glenn does. That's how you watch Kill Bill. It must be yeah. done in in sequence and in order back to back. Um, it's really the best way to watch the movies. Uh, but separate on their own, uh, Kill Bill Volume Two doesn't offer as much to me as Volume One does. And Reservoir Dogs was the first Tarantino movie I saw after Sin- Kill Bill was like the first Tarantino thing I ever saw. And then after that, people were like, "Oh shit, you like that? You should go watch Reservoir Dogs." And I watched that movie, and I fucking love Reservoir Dogs so much. It uh, it gets my pick. It's it's moving on. I I well, it's moving on for me anyway. We'll see what the other people say. I may be getting ahead of myself. Uh, but my my pick is is Reservoir Dogs. Glenn, I I go to you. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Michael Madsen. Yes. And and you you get you know good doses of him in each of these movies, but in particular, you get a nice, just excellent dose of him in. Reservoir Dogs. He is just the meanest son of a bitch. Yes. And the fact that he improvised that whole little line of little doggy yes. with the ear and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs because it just... I mean, I didn't even know it was a Tarantino movie when I came about it. I just kind of went to the video store and they were they was shutting down so they had a bunch of sales and I bought Reservoir Dogs on DVD for like two bucks and i was like all right i'll watch it and then i was like damn that's really good yeah. and then i then i thought it was tarantino i was like oh oh okay well i guess i can't completely hate him uh so is that your pick oh yeah definitely okay aaron aaron what would you have gone with had you been given the option to vote kill bill any particular reason over over reservoir dogs yeah, i think it's better a fair point. I can't argue with you on that one, I suppose. <laughs> um, Reservoir Dogs was good. It's just, it was one of those films where, like, everyone told you, like, if you didn't see it, like, as soon as it came out, it was like, oh, you gotta go see it. You'd fucking love it. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you know I what? Fuck you. Now I'm not gonna see it. And I just, I waited so long to see it, I think, stacked up compared to some of his other films. Mm-hmm. I was kind of let down with it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I hear you totally. And it was definitely kind of hyped to me, but I sort of went and watched it right away before seeing anything else. And, I, I really I really loved it. It's it's not my favorite. It's not even really close to my favorite, but uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I probably enjoyed it more than I enjoyed like just watching Kill Bill Volume Two as a standalone movie. It's kind of an unfair fight because it's like the end of a story that if you don't watch the first part of the story, obviously you don't get all the connections clearly, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so it's kind of unfair, I guess, in that regard to kind of split them up in, in, in that way. But I'm sure we'll run into this problem when we tackle Harry Potter as well, when, uh, uh, Deathly Hollows part one gets squared off against, you know, like, uh, fuck, I don't know, like prisoner of Azkaban or something like that. It's, uh, like, uh, Deathly Hollows part one works well when paired with the second part, uh, but standing all on its own as just a movie, you know, it, it struggles without the, the second part there. Uh, the final first round match, and Aaron, we're going to start with you this time. It's the number four seed from 2009, Inglorious Bastards, with an 8.3, taking on the number five seed, Kill Bill Volume 1 from 2003, with an 8.1. Oh, we're going Kill Bill Volume 1. I mean, hand, hands down on that one. Kill, Kill Bill Volume 1 was just... Inglorious Bastards was a good movie. 
but I, I think for me, it just it, Kill Bill was just it was so unique in, in just what it brought to the table. I mean, it it really made like you know a female uh, you know action star that you, you desire. You, you were just like holy shit! Like you know you, you weren't even focused about you know about her being a woman. She was just someone uh just beating the fuck at everybody like you know with the samurai sword just going ape shit it was just an amazing story uh mm-hmm. and it was just so cool it was just so well told like it was in his very you know unique style he kind of uh puts his movies together like comic books and it just it felt more like a comic book wearing glorious bastards like it was a tarantino movie but it was it was a war movie i mean that was it like through and through and i just think kill bill was just that much better right uh glenn uh, i'm gonna go with Kill Bill because I loathe, loathe Inglorious Bastards. That's a that's a strong sentiment. I that's like three loathes or something. I can't stand that movie. I loved. I mean, opening scene, yes. Anything with Christoph Waltz, it's great. But it's just, it's one of those movies. I I felt like it was advertised incorrectly because it's advertised as this Brad Pitt Tarantino finally join up movie, and Brad Pitt's not really in it. But that's not more of the problem. It's just as it goes along, it's just it was just really boring. And I didn't care about the little the blonde lady. I didn't care about her story. And then they throw in other people like the people I cared about, like Michael Fassbender. I want to know their backgrounds. They all died. Like, yep. they're in two scenes. They were the most interesting people. Uh, but I just I can't stand it. And then by the time we get to the movie theater and all the, you know, the Jews finally murder uh, Hitler in that theater. I just I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I just I was out. I wanted to walk out, but I couldn't because I paid for it. So what about that symbolism, though, Glenn? Of the, I, personally, to me, I think this was Tarantino sending the message that to him, Hitler is akin to Abraham Lincoln uh, <laughs> being killed at a theater, um, or maybe not. Uh, this that Inglorious Bastards did introduce us all to Christoph Waltz, of which we should be enormously thankful for because he was in fact awesome in that movie uh but i would have picked kill bill volume one as well um and this next round is going to be <laughs> insufferably tough you know tarantino actually drives the pussy wagon around that's just his that's his ride oh well, that's one of them like he just like he just pulls up to like a, an in and out burger or something in, in the pussy wagon apparently so uh, that's incredible <laughs> i would totally i would love that um Another interesting little side note here. Uh, do you know who was originally cast to play Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction? No, I am unaware of this story. Sid Haig. Really? Yep. Hmm. He uh, he ended up backing out at the last at the last second and kind of screwing over Tarantino in a way. So uh, after Tarantino blew up, obviously Sid Haig was like, you know, of course I'll work with you whenever you want. So Tarantino uh, uh, told uh, Sid Haig he had a, he had a he turned to had his cast director tell Sid, hey, he had a part all, all scouted out for him in uh, Django Unchained. So uh, they called to set up an audition once, and then Tarantino canceled it. They did it a second time. Tarantino canceled it the second time and then gave the part to someone else. Well, he, he kind of let it be known that after that, that was his way of telling Sid, hey, you know, hey, fuck you for ditching out of me all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Dude, holds well, a and, well, I mean, did he, he, did he get to see Michael Madsen as John Travolta as it was originally supposed to be? I mean, he did. Well, I mean, he did end up. He was in Jackie Brown and um, what the fuck was it? Kill Bill Volume Two. Um, he ended up showing up as I think they're like minor roles though, or something. I don't remember. Um, but he's a uh, he's awesome. I did not know that. That is really crazy. I think him as Marcellus Wallace. That scene with Bruce Willis and the Gimp is an entirely different uh, oh, yes. vibe. 
<laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, before before we move on, does anybody have uh, a favorite Quentin Tarantino appearance as an actor? Perhaps from not even in his own films, because he does appear in his own films from time to time. But he has been in some movies that are not his own. Uh, do any of you guys have like a favorite Tarantino appearance that is uh, from an acting perspective? Glenn, I, I start with you if you have one. Uh, I mean, Little Nicky was pretty great. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot he was in that movie. <laughs> that is. That oh, he was a priest or something, that wasn't he? Yes, a side priest. Fuck! Oh my god. Okay, yeah. You sure? That was, was? I mean, I, I enjoy him in Django Unchained. I just thought that was pretty great. But no, I, I, the little Nicky one is that's my favorite. Well, I mean, because I, I I I only thought of this because of because of two things. Because one, I I recently watched From Dust Till Dawn. And he's in that, which I don't think he directed. No, that's Robert. No, Robert Rodriguez. That's Robert Rodriguez. Um, And I think like a week ago, something like that, when I was sick as hell, I was on the couch and the channel got wherever it was left on. And I just did not feel like standing up to change the channel. And he was in a fucking episode of Golden Girls. Did you guys know that he was in an episode of fucking Golden Girls? Nope. No. He was in an episode of Golden Girls. I had to go check. You see. Uh, uh, Elvis impersonator. Yes, he played an Elvis wow. impersonator fuck, dude. in an episode. It's the, um, fuck, one of them gets married, I think, or is going to get Sophia, married, but they don't get married. According to the episode synopses. Is it on IMDb? They they list the episode? Indeed, sir. Okay. Sophia's Wedding, part one, to, 1988. I'm going to, yeah, I'll have to go look under act, actor. And and skim down. Um, Aaron, do you have anything that you recall? Oh yeah, from Dust Till Dawn. Yes, absolutely. Because his uh, played Gordon Gecko's son. Yeah, <laughs> he lets a lot. Uh, he lets a lot of Quentin seep into uh, to Richard Gecko's uh, persona in a couple of the scenes there. So you really get a glimpse at just how much this dude likes to party and how much he really loves feet. Oh man, as I'm, I'm hoping that's a, I'm hoping that's a thing then, like a legit thing. He's a big foot guy. Have you never noticed in every movie Uma Thurmerson, he always has oh, a close up of her feet, and they're right. always, and they're just, always uh, dirty. It's not just that. Holy shit! I didn't even really think about that. <laughs> it's not just that, but he does that like the foot shots in like a lot of his movies. Yeah, like just people's feet. Sometimes they're in shoes. Sometimes they're not. Like he really fucking loves that. In fact, I know Kevin Smith did that a few times just because he was. Such a big fan of Tarantino that he did like some of the like I know in Clerks there's some shots like that uh, and things like that where there's like foot shots like uh, when people get up you see their shoes or whatever. When Dante was painting uh, the chick's toes. Oh shit, that's right. Oh my god. So Tarantino had a had a nice little meet the press session during that one. Oh my goodness, I didn't even really think about that. Fuck. <laughs> all right, that's uh, <laughs> that's incredible. I'll never look at him the same way again. Um, now it makes that scene when uh, when Uma Thurman squashes Daryl Hannah's eye, all that much more is like, Ugh. oh man, he's jerking it in the corner. Yeah, oh, heard how loud the squish noise was when that happened, right? Uh, yeah. Do you think that was just uh, now folded in? He busted a nut. Yeah, I was gonna say like folded it, just right up by the microphone, and they folded yep. it into the movie. <laughs> that would be amazing on so many fucked up levels. Okay, and I think Danny Trejo was in the background guarding the door. Glenn is just face buried in his palms right now, just 
cannot believe this conversation that's going on. Actually, you should believe this conversation. It goes on every podcast, essentially. Um, no, the... I just forgot that he directed an episode of CSI. He did not. Did he really? Yeah, he did. I, I'm remembering the ads now that I've seen that I'm looking at on IMDb. I'm remembering the ads. The special guest director, Quentin Tarantino, on he CSI. Did he did two episodes. Yeah. I remember the first time when it happened. Apparently, he directed an episode of ER as well in 1995. Oh, Jesus. I don't know why I didn't put these in here. Dude, he's from Tennessee. How the fuck does he... Where's his accent? No, it... It's... Well, I mean, he grew up in California. Oh, okay. Because, have... uh, oh my gosh, I, I forgot. I was listening to an interview, and it's a guy... He's a... Oh my gosh. Who is it? He forgot the actor, but oh he God. was... Apparently... Glick. Apparently, it was also an alias, Aaron, for, like, several episodes. Huh. He did, like, four episodes of Alias. Did anybody watch him in Sukiyaki Western Django? <laughs> I think you're making that name up. No, 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 no. That's a, it's like, a, it's a spaghetti Western, but it's, like, all Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he loves, the, the, you know, obviously, like, a Django, yeah. That's like a thing for him. If it's he can combine Japanese with Western, he's fucking there. And then Uma Thurman's feet. Then Uma Thurman's feet. Like he's just gonna have the next. The he's gonna do Kill Bill three, but it's just gonna be called Uma Thurman's feet instead of like Volume three or whatever the fuck it is. Kill Bill Uma Thurman's feet. It'll just be her feet on the fucking cover, like just from top to bottom of the the Blu-ray. That'll be the case. Uh, incredible. <laughs> let's let's get out. Let's move out. Let's move away from this. Uh, the next round. Dax the- Shepard. That's what it was. He was when Dax Shepard was a kid. He was his movie guy. He was oh, a guy who he, like because you know the thing about Quentin Tarantino is he worked at a movie like a blockbuster, and he was just like everyone went there to go for suggestions because he just has an encyclopedic mind when it comes to movies. Holy shit! And he was Dax Shepard's movie guy. So whenever he finally broke through years later. He like he's like oh you remember he's like oh yeah I remember little blah 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 when yeah. Dak Shepard became a quote unquote movie star yes I don't think he's ever been able to be called a quote unquote movie star yeah I guess you can't even put it in quotes he is yeah. a he is a he is he's a, married to a movie star he is a movie person who has been in, who has appeared in movies it should be Dak Shepard somewhat known regular guy. <laughs> somewhat known regular guy a great superhero um the next round of the bell's husband dax like that's, that's right that should be what they, they i believe him. i believe it was him mr Kristen bell should be <laughs> his bell. name uh mr bell princess mr bell end um <laughs> the next round of the <laughs> the next round of the tournament uh the number one seed pulp fiction from 1994 with an 8.9 taking on the number three seed reservoir dogs from 1992 with an 8.4 aaron we start with you hmm. <sighs> fuck man I, I was getting ready to go with reservoir dogs and then christopher walken's face just leapt right to the front of my mind i, I gotta i gotta stick with pulp fiction you had a watch in his ass yes For a really long time <laughs> i mean that ah. scene just comes out of nowhere it really does the gimp scene is what comes the fuck out of nowhere well, dude. That, that true. yeah yeah i was in high school man i was just a young impressionable youth that that shit changed the game yeah that's a mind fuckery right there for sure I mean, I, look, the the Gimp thing really was, like, shocking when I watched it. 
But when Christopher Walken's just like, I had a watch in my ass. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Why? Uh, probably, I'm guessing, to, uh, to, to sneak it back into the States, you've got to do it that way. You've got to treat it like a fucking bindle of coke or some shit. And you've got to just you hide that shit away as, 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 as safe as possible. Aaron knows about this. He worked in the wrestling business. I'm sure there's more than a few guys who had to, to hide a few things away in order to make a flight um, that you're not willing to comment on at this time. Uh, Glenn, or maybe you are willing to comment. That could be a side B, Glenn. Uh, but until then, what do you think of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction? Uh, I'm going to go with Reservoir Dogs um, because it does the exact same style of narrative that Pulp Fiction does, but it, I believe it does it better because it, there's just... My problem I have with a lot of Tarantino movies is it tries to put too much story in there. And while I think he does it masterfully in most cases, I just don't I just don't like Pulp Fiction. I I think a lot of it had to do with I saw it too late, much with the hype. Mm-hmm. And I think especially people my age, it's not so much reservoir dogs that was the hype, it was Pulp Fiction because yes. apparently my age group the most important movies are Pulp Fiction. Uh, Boondock Saints and Donnie Darko because apparently oh. Donnie Darko is going to teach you something about life when you're 12. I fucking <laughs> hate Donnie Darko. It's terrible. Oh my it's god. It's not good. Yeah, welcome to the club, sir. I don't it's like the James worst Cameron. fucking move. Oh my god, dude. It's I don't so like bad. James Cameron, but he should sue the shit out of that guy for stealing it, his water effect. It blew my mind the first time I I watched it when I was younger and then when I had watched it again, it wasn't all that long ago, maybe five or six years ago and I watched it again. Did it get worse? It was definitely yeah, worse. If you see movie. it when you're 12, it's probably the smartest movie you've seen. Um, and then, you know, it's it's not. But I, I mean, I saw it when I was like 18. I'm like, this is this did is you ever, dumb. Did you ever see the sequel to it? There's a sequel to this movie. Oh, S. Darko? Yes. No, I haven't. I kind of want to just just to say I saw it. But. It's a well, very you, different movie. Just wait till the third one comes out. It's Donnie Darkest. It's, it. it's just going to be Jake Gyllenhaal sitting in an isolation tank thinking about I was gonna how say, terrible he should feel for having made Donnie Darko. I was going to say, is this like machete kills in space? Because like, if this is a real thing, <laughs> we all need to we all need to view it. Um, Maybe we should start a Kickstarter for it. We want we want to make the the third chapter of the trilogy, and we want to call it Donnie Darkest. I mean, <laughs> Kickstarter. Well, I, I I know how we can make this. It, it just <laughs> have to be porn. <laughs> um yes we get mr echo uh and uh no never mind seth rogan uh, he's in it we can bring him back get seth rogan that's right oh my god he was the bully in that movie wasn't Holy he shit yeah, one of the two jesus christ who would have thought who could buy him as a, ah i as mean a he gives bully. i know i know he gives british people run for money and fucked up teeth <laughs> He has teeth like Andre the Giant did. I mean, holy shit, yeah, and he had some Tilda Swinton and fucking Snowpiercer-level teeth. <laughs> Speaking of uh, fucked-up teeth, Big Show's teeth, yo. His teeth are fucking jagged. <laughs> Dude looks like a goblin shark. Anyway, I'm... Uh, anyway, well, he lives under a bridge, Aaron. Anyway, I'm picking uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Glenn, but it really should make the finals a little bit easier. Um... But I'm, I'm going to pick Pulp Fiction. Uh, look, Pulp Fiction does not have cool code names uh, like uh, Mr. Pink or Mr. White or Mr. Yellow. or It just doesn't have Steve Buscemi. That's that's the kicker. Mr. Tangerine. Yeah, it doesn't have Steve Buscemi either. But uh, I love Black because everybody wants to be Mr. Black. <laughs> Mr. Black. Uh, but yeah, I'm, 
I mean, look, I, I, I had completely forgot about Christopher Walken with a watch up his ass. For me, Pulp Fiction was all about Sam Jackson and that scene with the gimp that just blew the shit out of my brains. But uh, now that Aaron brought back the Chris Walken watch up his ass thing, uh, that kind of seals the deal on Pulp Fiction for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm moving that on to the finals. Uh, so next up, the final, uh, the final semifinal, and this is a tough one because this is basically my two favorite Tarantino movies battling head to head here. It's number two, Django Unchained with an 8.5 taking on number five, Kill Bill volume one from 2003, Glenn Hmm. Go. Uh, Django Unchained, uh, Django Unchained just for the importance of what it is as a movie. Who would have thought that Tarantino would have tackled slavery and the dynamics that go into it better than a movie uh, called 12 Years a Slave? That is I, true. I mean, he ha- there are things that are... And it, I know it's just a spaghetti western, but just the way he handles the dynamic of Samuel L. Jackson and, and Calvin Candy is just yeah. masterful because it makes sense in the way of, you know, he was the house servant who probably spent more time with Candy so in a way, he is more of an adopted father, probably than what his father ever was. So it makes sense for him to want to do this because the only way Sam Jackson could survive is in his role. But whenever he's basically the whatever Brad Dorif is to that guy in uh, the two towers, that's just to me that's just masterfully done. I mean, I, I always feel like it's a little too long, but just the way they handle that dynamic. And even the fact like the movie Django Unchained, it's about, you know, you would think it's about, you know, Django, you know, finally being unleashed and doing this kind of stuff, but he's not the one who goes crazy in in an odd way. It's the guy who, who frees him, uh, Fisher. He's the one who actually just does something completely irrational when he just shoots Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's my pick for Uh, for those reasons. This is, like I said, this is tough for me because it is my two favorite movies uh, by Quentin Tarantino. Kill Bill Volume 1 was the first Tarantino thing I ever watched. So naturally, that's the thing that captivated me most to like his work and uh, his style and everything. And it is such, I mean, look, Quentin Tarantino almost universally does like revenge movies. <laughs> That's kind of like his his thing. Almost all of these movies that he does involves some sort of revenge factor. Uh, but the uh, I, I've never I'd never really seen it done with a female lead like that before, and it was so kick ass and it was so awesome. There was so much great shit in that movie. Uh, like the the fight scenes were fucking phenomenal. The like j- just like the stylized nature of it, like the visuals and even like the cartoony, like the over the top bullshit where like you chop a dude's arm off and blood sprays for I- I'm-, I'm pretty sure, Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a scene where she like knocks a dude's heads off his shoulders or something. And there's like blood spurting out for I, I feel like maybe two minutes. <laughs> like it's just a, like it's yeah, just I mean, streams, ridiculous amounts yeah, of blood. His special effects guy loves blood just as much as. Tarantino does right. So. Uh, but there, but there are few, and this is and like this is a movie. Like I, I scrambled and picked it up on DVD when I had a bunch of spare cash, and people were like, "Oh, you should watch this." And on a whim, I bought it. Uh, but for me, Django Unchained kind of sits on that level of like the the rarefied film of I, I watch it either uh, you know I, I either watch it like on demand or I see it in a theater or something, and I have the instantaneous desire to. To, to own a copy of this movie to watch over and over again. Cause it's just yeah, one of those because things. There's, 
it's so it's so deep. It's it's like it's an episode of Mad Men. Yeah. Like there's just so much of what is being spoken and just the way certain dynamics are. I I, I don't like even I know. Said, I don't even know if he realizes on the multiple levels that Django and Jane works as a yeah. like he may he may completely not even realize it, but for me it works on on a, on a bunch of different levels and just from like top to bottom the performances are all just ridiculous. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is fucking amazing in this movie. Yeah, like Christoph Christoph Waltz, Waltz is amazing. Is even he yeah, he's won not the even Oscar. The, yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, he's it's not even the best one in it. Yeah, and he is incredible too. Like it, it's just. Yeah. And even Jamie Foxx is a solid lead. Like, we forget about him because it's, he's, you know, I mean, I feel like he's supposed to be the strength of the movie. So you can't, it's just like, you know, the same thing with Giotel Eotifors and, and 12 Years a Slave. He's not supposed to be the showy performance, and that's what makes everybody better. But, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio cut his hand open, did the scene, and then rubbed his blood all over their faces. I mean, <laughs> holy crap. That's dedication. Uh, I mean, Jamie Foxx was really great in this movie, too. And it's hard to believe that the same actor played Django in this movie and then played fucking Electro in The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Or Steeman Willie Beeman. Let's not forget right. that. Um, so I'm, I'm For those Django. who are curious, uh, Tom Savini is Quentin Tarantino's special effects guy. Greg Nicotero has worked with him uh, before, but it's mainly Tom Savini. Like Walking 99%. Dead's Greg Nicotero, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Django, Django moves on. Glenn, or Aaron, what would you have chosen had you had the had the vote here between Django and, and Kill Bill Volume 1? Kill Bill. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't argue with you. I just, I, I just like Django more, but I, yeah, you, you were, you had to step out for a minute, but you missed my, you missed my spiel on how much I fucking love Kill Bill Volume 1. That was my that was my intro to Tarantino, and it's like it's probably like one A to Django Unchained one on my on my you know like like my top two Tarantino movies. Yeah, uh, they're they're neck and neck. It's hard to argue. It was a fucking struggle for me to to choose this. Um, I I'm gonna do something a little bit different rather than uh, this is a question to be answered, but it's more of a prediction than something we're gonna be able to to definitively answer right now. Uh, before we hit the finals here, uh, Tarantino's next film is The Hateful Eight, which is that supposed to be released this year? Uh, yes, I don't, ish. I believe so because that's that's the the script that leaked, and he said, "Oh, I'm not doing it," and then he said he's doing it. According to IMDb, it says The Hateful Eight 2015. So presumably, uh, it, it is says fall fall 2015. Okay, so presumably it will be. Released this year. Uh, it stars Channing Tatum, Sam Jackson, uh, Kurt Russell is in this, of course. In fact, I just saw him with whatever haircut he's rocking uh, for the movie, and he looks fucking badass. Jennifer Jason Lee is in this. Tim Roth, uh, Michael Madsen, of course. Bruce Dern is in this movie. Holy shit! Um, a great-looking cast. Uh, it's in post-Civil War Wyoming. Bounty hunters try to find a shelter during a blizzard, but get involved in a plot of betrayal and deception. Will they survive? Uh, here is the here is the prediction based off of what we know from IMDb thus far and their Quentin Tarantino ratings. Glenn, what at the end of the day, what do you pre- what do you predict the IMDb score for the Hateful Eight will be? Just take a just take a guess. Um, probably. I I would feel like it's going to be at least an eight mm-hmm. because of the people. People just, they love Tarantino movies. I mean, it's, and I don't blame him for it. He's very talented. Yes. 
Um, so he's just one of those. I mean, it's just like Nolan. I think his lowest rated movie is a seven point six. Yeah. So there, there is no Tarantino has not reached a nine or higher. His highest movie was an eight point nine. I believe the lowest was like the seven point five. I think for Death Proof, but Django was his last movie, and that's an eight point five. So you're, are you going to go with like an eight? Yeah, probably like an eight. I may, maybe like a seven point seven, but I don't see it being his lowest. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think it's going to go that. Even the what it is, I mean, he's in a weird way he's bringing back the westerns. So I'm uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I'm going to say an eight point four. Like I don't think it's going to top Django. I think it might hit it. I might it might hit an eight point four, but I really like the look of that cast. I mean. Granted, there's no Christoph Waltz in this cast, um, but uh, boy, I'm just—I don't know—I'm pretty excited with Bruce Dern. Uh, I didn't even know Bruce Dern was in this movie, so I'm—I'm I'm pretty excited to—I'm pretty excited to see this. Uh, Aaron, what do you predict the final score will be? Well, it's eight point six. Wow, there you go. You're bumping it up a notch over. Well, yeah, uh, the Kurt F. and Russell, sir. Good lord, uh, he's yeah. back, and he is playing a character nicknamed the Hangman. Absolutely. John the Hangman Ruth. Having just seen him in Furious 7, he is back. Uh, and Channing Tatum is playing an unnamed character, apparently. I think he's going to star as Channing Tatum. <laughs> in post-Civil War? Post- yeah, is this going to let him just be Channing Tatum in whatever movie he's in. That's all people want to see. Oh, that's what Samuel Jackson does. I mean, now, I mean, he did play himself in This Is the End, where he was in a. That's what I mean. Suit. Yeah, I want him to be himself and everybody. Like, he just shows up, like you know, like the Avengers doing. It's like, oh hey, Channing Tatum, and he just shows up eating an apple, and then he's just off screen, and that's it. Like that's hey, all Tony the suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey Tony, and then he's out again, and he but he shows up like everywhere. Like he like, he'll be like on the Geico commercials with Flo. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like like Thor and uh, like Thor and the Hulk are in trouble and. Channing Tatum just swoops in and punches a few Cree in the face, and then like, no, I I don't want him to be pivotal. I just want him just to show up, like oh, he just, just be in the background, like sitting on a bus. You know, like oh, there's Channing Tatum. You know so mean? like, so like Ultron crushes just a shitload of people, and the Avengers uh, are are downtrodden and, and sad, and they're walking over this rubble, and there's just piles of bodies, and they just stop and they're like, oh look, Channing Tatum, and he's just Correct. there, dead on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, amazing. All right, let's move on to the finals. Uh, another interesting matchup here. It's the one and two seeds. This does not happen frequently, but it has happened in the past. Uh, the number one seed, Pulp Fiction from 94, with an 8.9, taking on the number two seed from 2012, Django Unchained, with an 8.5. Aaron, we start with you. I'm sorry, I completely spaced. But I, I was looking at <laughs> I really, I'm staring at Kurt Russell, and I, I snapped back in when he said Django and Chain because I was like, I really, I really love Big Trouble in Little China, and I was sorry, I just Aaron, out real first. Aaron was too busy reimagining scenes in which Channing Tatum could cameo in other films. As I was just picturing him just like being in the background when, uh, uh, in the very last scene of. Uh, of Big Trouble in Little China, where Kurt Russell's alone in the truck, and then that monster's in the back, but Jen Channing Tatum is just behind the monster, just like sitting there chilling. Yeah, it's just like, like, sorry, okay, it's Django and what now? It's Django and uh, and Pulp Fiction. So what you're oh, telling me is and... the next actor we're gonna do is gonna be Kurt Russell, right? We have to here, like, and I, I just may have to sit it out. Uh, just, I don't know that I could choose. He's just so great, that guy. Uh, but 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 for me, it's got to be Django and Jane. Moving on, like it's got to win. Okay, 
Pulp, Pulp Fiction. I mean, it, it was really good because you know, uh, Reservoir Dogs like was his first big hit, but Pulp Fiction was the really one was really the one that put Tarantino up to the front. But put up against like his latest and greatest effort is just no comparison. Right, uh, Glenn, your your pick here. I have a feeling we know what's going to win here. Yeah, it's uh, going to be old Django Unchained. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't have to use the same soliloquy that I used the last time, but I mean, it is. It's it is one of those very rare movies. I mean, I saw it and then I went and saw it again the next day. And it was because I wanted to understand what it was he was trying to tell me, <laughs> because it it it's just it's more than just a spaghetti western. I mean, it is one of probably one of the smartest movies I've ever seen. Um, unless, of course, uh, our our assumptions are true, and that even he himself has no idea. Like you, like like if you said it's entirely possible, Glenn, a scenario where you sit down with Quentin Tarantino and you discuss Django Unchained, and you're and you're running off all of this stuff, and he's like, "Whoa, you were reading way more into this than I did when I wrote yeah, it." Yeah, if you ever listen to Paul Thomas Anderson, that's what he says. They're like, "What is it about this movie?" He's like, "Oh, it's about my dad." No, like, Magnolia oh. is not about your dad. What I watched it, buddy. This movie about? He's like, oh, it's, my dad was dying. That's what it's about. I was like, sad. no, no, no. I, I watched this movie. It is. Do you guys know Kurt Russell has a movie coming out soon called Bone Tomahawk? Oh, who else is in it? Uh, okay, well, uh, allow me to tell you. Uh, <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell, David Arquette, Sid Haig, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox. It is billed as an American horror western. Oh, oh I'm game. Yeah, absolutely. Kurt Russell on a horse? Dude, come on. And a former WCW champion? <laughs> <laughs> Cannot go wrong with that lineup. Um, oh yeah, I would have gone with I would have gone with Django as well. So it is a clean sweep, an easy yeah. victory for Django Unchained. There, I mean, there it is. There's just so many cool parts about Django. If you cut it up and you had just put, you know, these random scenes as just YouTube clips, they would still stand alone as being really fucking great for what they are just because the, the entire movie as a whole is just so well done. I mean, it's just so well cast. He used a lot of people, you know, we wouldn't have expected to see in a film like this or let alone, you know, movies of his. It's just, ah, he's really just getting better and better, man. It's so great. Yeah, uh, that's probably... Pulp Fiction is it that there are so many great scenes, but just as a fucking cohesive story, it just doesn't work. Right. Uh, I mean, so there, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the, the greatest Quentin Tarantino movie of all time. We don't even care. He should probably just stop making the hateful eight right now. Cause it's not going to get any better than Django Unchained. And Glenn may actually agree. I, I'm just being goofy, but Glenn in fact may agree that he should have maybe just stopped at Django Unchained. He may never top it. I'd like to see him direct a Fraggle Rock movie. Instead of Joseph oh, Gordon that'd Levitt, be incredible. Ah, uh, the Fraggle Rock movie. You know, jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. That that's like his next big project. It's the Fraggle Rock movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not making that up. That that is truth. <laughs> I want Tarantino to do a commercial movie next. Oh, just like a big black. I, I yeah, I just I want to see. I mean, and that's I just the studio is gonna be like, look, like he does. You know, you can make Trek money. Four. Just yeah. just do something like that. Yeah. Fuck, he did an episode of CSI. You don't get, you know, much more commercial and sellouty than that. I mean, that is crap. True. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even like a superhero movie, but like, like a, I want a, his version of Indiana Jones. Like a young like, adult novel turned into a movie. Where it's hard to get more commercial than those right now. Yeah, like he, he did Twilight, or, or if he could do like the next Jurassic Park. Like, I want that. Or when George Miller unfortunately dies sometime. 
he could just take over the Mad Max franchise. Like, it's right there sitting for him. I mean... Conan. He should take over Conan. So, uh, we move on from director. Now we move to actor. Oh, actor is not franchise? Uh, no, because the uh, before Tarantino, the last one we did was Star Trek. Oh, that's correct. So, we now move, we now move to another actor. And uh, I believe the last actor we tackled was Johnny Depp. I, I am oh. fine with doing Kurt Russell. I want to tear, or as as uh, Moriarty once said in the Sherlock TV show, I want to burn Aaron's heart out. So I think we should do Kurt. Russell. I don't think it's possible because whatever movie of his wins, I win. It don't you know? It just don't <laughs> matter, son. It, it, uh, I dare you to pick a loser. I'd be fine time. if Miracle even won, just because of what it represents. But you know. America, son. America. Uh, are we doing Kurt Russell, or you guys want to do someone wacky like Gary Busey or someone like that? I think we uh, should do Kurt Russell. Yeah, because okay. I don't, I, I can't do Gary Busey. There's too much, too many things I haven't seen. I mean, his middle name is Vogel. We've got to go with Kurt Russell, right? <laughs> He's married to Goldie Hawn. His stepdaughter's Kate Hudson. Are they married? I don't really know. I don't uh, think they are. Are they? I. I I think so. I think they're I mean, just. You know, I think they're common together. law married. Yeah. I, I mean, mean at this point, yeah. We're talking about a man who played a character named Crunch Calhoun. We've got to. We've got to go with uh, uh, Kurt Russell. He, he has Johnny, some of the Johnny Jesus. Oh my goodness. Rudolph Russo. What was his name in the thing? He had a cool name in that one. In a in the thing. Uh, yeah, he was R. J. McCready. McCready. Yeah. See, he just man. He How just about that hat he wore in the thing. How about that acting that he did in the thing? Uh, and we won't be a, a no for people wondering, uh, because he was uncredited in the movie Forrest Gump, he did do the oh. voice of Elvis. Well, yeah, because he did the TV movie of Elvis way back when. Yeah, so he did the voice He did the voice of Elvis in Forrest Gump. This, these would have to be starring, uh, or mostly starring vehicles for him. Yeah, used I, cars. I, I say his coolest name might be from 1986's uh, The Best of Times with Ian Robert Williams. Kurt Russell played a man named Reno Hightower. <laughs> that is, that's that pretty is, sweet. That is a great porn name. That's uh, such a good name, dude. Uh, so we're talking like The Escapes From. We're talking like Tango and Cash and fucking... Uh, Tango and Cash, Big Trouble, Little China. Of course, Stargate. Can I just pick the movies instead of uh, IMDb? You're gonna pick Captain Ron, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you better put use use cars better cars be in there. Have to go in there, yeah. Yeah, because that is one of the funniest fucking movies. That's yeah, thirty six thousand dollars. That's too fucking high. <laughs> uh, so for for Glenn Bovey and Aaron Delos, oh, uh, those Libyan students from the community college, huh? they just mom the jihad. <laughs> I don't know. They just kind of came in here. <laughs> We're going to enjoy this Kurt Russell one, I think. Uh, yeah, because his movies are really fun. When we get around to it. Now we can close the show, uh, I think, if Glenn's going to allow me. If he's going to no. quote more Kurt Russell movies. I could do it. You want me to. No, no, I'm good. Or I'm I sure you and Aaron that, can both. I could find that guy's movie reviews and just go off on that again. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. Yeah, that guy did do porn. We did establish that for anyone curious. Yeah, we'll, we'll pass on that, but... Uh... <laughs> Lord. Uh, so for so for Glenn Bovey and Aaron DeLosa, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next time on Horribly Flawed and Incredibly Decisive. Mm-hmm.